that mental toll of having a bad day um, yeah. can be really, really tough. And, and I find it tough as well because my bad days, unlike many other people's, are on TV. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. My name is Neve Marr. Thank you so much for listening this week. As always, I'm so excited to introduce my guest to you this week. I'm a massive fan of her work. I mean, it's weird when you call it work because she's an athlete. It's Kira McGeehan. She's massively famous now. She's smashing records left, right and center. She is going to be on in a few minutes. But first, I want to tell you about a new section that we're going to be bringing into Girls With Goals. It's called GWG Recommends. I've been thinking about this for a while. So obviously, Obviously on her.ie we cover a lot of TV, we cover things that we're listening, things that we're loving, things that we're watching, things that we're tasting, things that we're trying, beauty, fashion, pretty much everything that you can imagine and we wanted to share that with you. So every section at the end of the show we're going to be incorporating a little GWG recommends and it would be great if you wanted to get in touch with me personally and tell me about any things that you want us to recommend. So neve.mar at her.ie is my email address. You can also find me on Instagram. Instagram, Neve underscore Mar. Feel free to slide into my DMs. Uh, this week, I'm talking about a podcast, and it's a good friend of mine, Rosemary McCabe. You probably know her. She used to live in Ireland. She doesn't anymore. She's gone stateside, and basically, she has a new podcast that's called Not Without My Sister. She records it, you guessed it, with her sister, and it's a beautiful show. I absolutely love it. Now, I have to say, I'm a massive fan of Rosemary McCabe in general. I think she's absolutely hilarious. Now, the funny thing about Rosemary Mary is that she's actually not trying to be funny for most things that she says but she just is I don't know how she manages to do it so stay tuned for later on in the show because I'm going to give you more information about this incredible podcast where you can go and find it and why we think you should be listening to it first it's time to introduce my guest. Like I said, Kira McGean is a middle distant runner. Uh, in the last few months alone, she's smashed the 800 meter and the 1000 meter or one kilometer Irish record. Uh, the latter being Sonia O'Sullivan's 27 year record that she held. Now, I was excited to talk to Kira McGean in general. I'm a massive fan of her. She's lovely. I've interviewed her before in the past. In this particular instance, we're talking about the fact that she has, you know, obviously she's been doing incredibly well, but she She's also become immortalized. So RTE broadcaster Jackie Hurley, who we all know, she's an incredible sports broadcaster and also a fantastic advocate for women in sport. She's announced her new book recently, and it's called Girls Play 2, Inspiring Stories of Irish Sportswomen. So this is the first ever collection of stories about Ireland's most accomplished sportswomen. The book focuses on how 25 of Ireland's top sportswomen turned their dreams into a reality. It includes massive names such as Katie Taylor, Sarah Rowe, Kira McGean, who we're going to hear from now in a second, Katie Mullen, Ellen Keane, Dervla O'Rourke, Annalise Murphy and more. It's also beautifully illustrated by five Irish female artists. We're going to give you all the information about how you can get your hands on this book and in general we're just going to chat to Kira McGean about every aspect of her life. Now one of the questions that I really wanted to know and I don't know about any of you listening out there but I've always wanted to be a better runner and obviously Kira McGeehan is a professional runner but I wanted to ask her about how we can you know as a normal human improve on some of our times because honestly I find running can be the marmite of exercise 
sometimes it goes really, really well. And then other times I literally want to crawl up into a ball and cry. So Kira was very understanding about that. And I caught up with her earlier in the week. So take a listen. Okay, so Kira McGeehan, thank you so much for joining me today. So obviously you've been so busy over the last few months. We're here, we're going to talk about Girls Play 2, which is the new book by Jackie Hurley, and it's out in Lidl shops at the moment. And look, you've got one there. Unbelievable. Classic. I love that. Um, I know, and I can't wait to hear about it because I love Jackie, and obviously I think what she's doing is so incredible. But um, let's talk a little bit about just the records that you've been smashing over the last few months. How has it been for you? Yeah, I suppose I had a, I've had a pretty glistening start to the season, um, a very strange season, I suppose, in many senses of the word. We, uh, the whole world has been turned upside down for so many of us with the whole COVID-19 and the lockdown. So it was quite a strange year, um, which started off relatively normal with the indoor season and then lockdown came. Um, so that was, yeah, it's been strange, but to be able to come out and, and race the 800 metres in Bern, uh, run 159, um, a huge PB for me, but also the first Irish woman ever to go under two minutes for the 800 was just phenomenal. And um, to have that national record and then to carry that on into Monaco and race the 1K and uh, and again to get a national record and, and to come so close as well to second place. Like first place was well out, Faith ran very well. Um, but I felt that, yeah, just on, on cloud nine and was going strength to strength. So I'm delighted to have those two races under my belt. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And I feel like, you know, for anybody, you know, we put up a post on her and so many people are celebrating the incredible work that you're doing. But I feel like we need to talk a little bit about how fast you are running these races. Sub two minutes for 800 meters. I can't even think about that. And I know a good few people who've been trying to, to do that, just be like, right, well, how can I achieve this? And it's pretty like unless you're a professional athlete it's pretty hard to do but the 1k in particular so many people have been doing 5ks you know just in lockdown trying to get out there and trying to run a little bit more and one of the questions that I need you to tell me is how do you increase a 1k split in order to potentially help a 5k in the long run yeah, I suppose like athletic training has so many aspects to it and you work on your endurance on one side and you work on your speed on the other. And and I suppose as a middle distance athlete, you like we perfectly encompass both. We tried to, to be fast yet have the endurance, particularly in 1500 meters. And um, the 800 meters, even to me, just feels like a very long sprint, just yeah. things flat, flat out from start to finish. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, how to transfer that, that 1K speed towards a 5K. Um, it's relatively difficult in the sense that, like I couldn't maintain the 1K speed that I ran for a 5K, because that, that, um, that would be phenomenal. I'd probably be running a world record over the 5K if I did such a thing. Um, but for me, the training that I do in order to become stronger endurance wise lends itself to being faster in the 1K as well. So my training really varies. I'll have long runs on yeah. a Sunday in particular where I'm running 11 or 12 miles. And that really helps that endurance component. I do long broken up tempos, which are kind of like slower than race pace, but longer than I would go in a race um, to try to really build on that strength there. Um, but then I'm on the track and I'm doing shorter work where I do 300s and 400s to really have that speed. But one part that I find that really helps me in my training and something that I think can help people who are doing running more um, 
kind of trying to get into running and really trying yeah. to improve their own fitness for like say a couch to 5k or really just trying to get back out and running you're like I want to feel fit hill sprints I think are fantastic and it's something that my coach includes all year round um so during the the track season I do shorter hill sprints really to work on form and being really sharp so those might be 10 or 20 seconds long mm. um, but at the beginning of the season we'll do longer hill reps of maybe one minute on so one minute uphill and then we jog back down and we go one minute uphill and we jog back down or two minutes or it might stretch as far as three minutes which feels like torture um but I often find these like are they nearly seem like little cheats in a way because you get fit fast yeah. doing it so it's something that whatever people do ask I'm like add some hills into your training you can do short hills and um, it's something that I've given my sisters to try out because they don't overly enjoy running at all um and you'll you'll find you get very strong and you don't actually have to maybe go out for a six mile tempo which for many people feels huge yeah. and so hard to get your head around so yeah I, I often find like that that's a little a little um little little gem that I might share with people to try that's, a, that's great I don't know what I was hoping for but I <laughs> really didn't want you to say hail sprints for some yeah. reason it just sounds no, awful. No nice thing I'm not going to tell you like drink this smoothie it's great and it makes you run faster unfortunately it is important to feel very well but yeah it's still you have to go out there and do the hard work in order to get the, the fast times <laughs> okay fine well I'll try I'll try it I'm not making any promises but I mean the 1k that you ran like the the record 231.06 beating Sonia O'Sullivan as well by a mile not technically a mile but you know what I mean I mean how how did that feel I mean she held that record for decades you know yeah I saw actually Sonia's post after um after I got the record it was like that, that was her 27 year old record it would be some people's lifetime and and in fairness I'm 28 so it's pretty close to my lifetime um, and she said it in 93 and wow. I'm born in 92 so um yeah I, I to be honest I didn't even fully grasp the length of time that the record had stood um never mind maybe just just how, how good it was it's ninth all time on the the world all time list which yeah. I'm I'm taken aback by um yeah, sometimes I, I, need, uh, I need to get better at sitting back and fully embracing that. It's maybe something that I often tell myself I need to learn how to smell the roses um, and take a little moment. But whenever you're racing, you're constantly going on to the next one, next one, next one. And that's where your head can be a little bit. But it's, it's a fantastic achievement to have behind my, on my belt and behind my back. And I'm like, yeah, this is, is part of my arsenal now to be able to bang out a 1K in that time. And, yeah. and I felt great doing it as well. Sometimes you just have those days where everything clicks. Um, so, yeah, it was very exciting. And it's, it's so much fun. And, and thank you to everybody because you've all covered it as well after. And it's so great to see how much it lifted everybody back home and how excited everybody else got for it because, you know, that really makes me, uh, it lifts me up 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Smashing it. I mean, I, I think it's funny because in terms of like your sport in particular, there's always those world records. There's always those, um, you know, massive records like we were talking about there that have been in place for years and I suppose when you're going into a race Kira, like are you working towards more so your own pbs as opposed to setting your sights on those because like for Sonia I would imagine you know having a record for 27 years like there might be a sense of relief off of her because you know like that's gone now she, she doesn't hold that anymore now there's probably a little bit of pressure on you because everyone's going to be coming for you now yeah, do you know, it's, um, I tend to not like go into a race with that. 
thinking of anything else bar that race in particular and wanting to try to win the race that I'm in. So for me, quite often times just come and like, if I, if I race the race and try to be as high up in that race as I can possibly be, the time will come. I'm not an athlete that actually likes to dwell on the clock very much because I find that quite heavy. Um, yeah. Whenever you, you see a, a time going by, sometimes you think, oh my goodness, well, that's it. I can't, I can't run the next whatever in this time. Whereas if you're just focusing on the girl in front of you and you want to beat her, quite often you can find an extra little reserve where you'll throw everything at it, including the kitchen sink. Um, so yeah, I never really think too much about the records that are there, but I would say that there's certain, there certain times that have been in front of me that have been a target for me for a long time. So um, two minutes in the 800 is one of them and going four minutes in the 15 is another. Those are, are basically little markers in female athletics that, that are kind of a switch between a certain class yeah. And and they've always been a target of mine. So so I've went sub two for the eight. And um, and to be honest, I never even thought too much about K times. It's not a race that's raced at championship level. Yeah. Um, and we don't actually get to race it that often. So I wouldn't actually have been aware too much about K times, to be honest, um, until I actually ran it. Um, but the 15 time is something that has been a target for me for a long time. And, and my own PB is four flat, 16, I think. Yeah. I remember correctly so I'm getting so tantalizingly close to that four minute barrier and um, Sonia's record being 158 is uh is another little step so you know those records are certainly something that I've become more aware of as I've got closer to them and realized that hmm, I'd maybe like to stamp my name on the Irish record books and and see if those will last quite as long as Sonia's well I mean that's the thing and like nobody can deny that you have especially lately like it seems like you know especially through lockdown everybody's been you know trying to make the most of our of our time and trying to do things that are productive like Jesus Christ you definitely have anyway um <laughs> with records left right and center I would ask like you know in terms of having those massive highs those massive career highs that is getting you know coverage internationally and then obviously the Irish you know, being so behind you and being so supportive of what you're doing, you know, is it tough then when potentially you go and it's not your day on the track, you know, because I know that you were in Stockholm and like it didn't go as well as, as planned for you. And you said yourself that you were slightly disappointed with those times, you know, I mean, how do you kind of mentally deal with that going from like massive highs when nobody's in doubt that you're obviously going to continue on and continue to do that. But like you said, sometimes it's there on the day and sometimes it's not, you know? yeah it's it's very hard and like life is never never a, a nice continuous line like this like I feel that I came out of lockdown and I had two fantastic races and sometimes you can take it for granted a little bit whenever you do run well you're like oh this is it fantastic it's going to continue that way and and I went out on Sunday ran the the Diamond League in Stockholm the 1500 meters and I walked off that track bitterly disappointed um, and really just frustrated and wondering what on earth went wrong why did I perform so poorly and um, <clears throat> and it's something that I came off and I talked to my coach about and we're going to sit and have a little meeting and evaluate it and I spoke to my sports psych yesterday because that mental toll of having a bad day and um, yeah. can be really really tough and and I find it tough as well because my bad days unlike many other people's are on tv and and I can get criticized for it elsewhere and um, people might be harsh somewhere else which you know everybody's open for criticism but I don't think people realize I'm my own worst critic so I don't need it <laughs> extra and um, so those days can be really really tough but I always remind myself that I've come back from bad days in the past um, and we're all human and we're not robots and and I suppose I probably beat myself up an awful lot immediately after that race and was very disappointed and 
and I had a run this morning where I was thinking about um, if I get asked about it, what will I say? How do I actually feel? I'm sorry. Oh no, don't worry. Like, look, and, and I'm kind of like, you know, these are things that we do need to discuss because yeah. in as much as in, in this book and in my previous two performances, I want to be a role model and an inspiration for, for young girls, for, for everyone really. Um, it's important for people to see as well that like have bad days and yeah. and I'll come back from that and I think it's important to learn from those bad days too I, I definitely believe you learn so much more from from the down days than you do from the good because quite often they pass and you're like brilliant this is just all perfect um, whereas clearly I, I went into that race in Stockholm and and I maybe underestimated the the physical toll running two national records fastest I've ever ran over two distances had on my body physically yeah. um, but also the mental toll of doing so well because you're just up on this high and yeah. sometimes it can come crashing down and I feel that I just didn't recover well enough between them that's something that I need to work on and and I see that as a huge lesson I would much prefer that I learned this lesson this year than next year going into Tokyo I see all of these things as, as quite often a blessing in disguise it highlighted for me I was under recovered um, so there's still some areas that I need to improve on and and then it makes me excited too because I think okay well you know I'm not the perfect product yet I, I'm not the the, the finished piece yeah. um, and if I do this not being perfect just yet what can I do when I improve even more so we can all we can all get ourselves down about the bad days and the negatives but you have to figure out how to turn it around and how to use it and how to build for the next one. And, and don't get me wrong, that'll have a negative toll on me and I have to work with my sports psych and my coach and my team um, to get myself out of it and to not dwell on that again. Um, but the same as anybody, if something happens anywhere in their lives, you could just constantly dwell on that or you can try to, to see a silver lining and, and a way to possibly come out. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's interesting you spoke about the book there because I, I do want to concentrate on that. You know, it's called Girls Play 2 and it's by Jackie Hurley, um, who obviously is an incredible sports broadcaster and has been an amazing advocate for women in sport. Um, it's interesting that you said about it's important for people to see all of the the aspects of sport, like the, the really high moments and then also the moments that you have to struggle through. Because I think what's great about this book is that you know, Jackie's going young. She is really getting to young girls before they've been influenced by the world that we live in and kind of showcasing like, this is what you can do. If you want to be a professional athlete, you can do it. And then obviously she goes and she showcases incredible Irish athletes. So from your point of view, um, how did it come about in the first place? How did you, like, did Jackie approach you? How did, how did you becoming a part of this book start? Yeah, so I suppose Jackie got in touch um, and I suppose, I think you would have to ask Jackie, but personally, whenever I was chatting to her, um, I got the impression that the whole 20 by 20 movement was something that really struck a chord with her um, as, as a sports journalist and as, also as a female sports journalist. Um, and, and she said, you know, Kira, I've, I've been trying to in, increase um, my coverage of sport, women's sport, I've been trying to push um, my counterparts in journalism to, to really see that um, disparity between male and female sports journalism and, and how we're portrayed in the media and our coverage. And um, like, and then I was like, you know what, I have to do something about it too, because um, what am I doing? And it was yeah. interesting because Jackie saying that then also made me realise like, you know, as much as we're reaching out to our media outlets to to increase their coverage of female sport it also has to come from us personally as well we have to make changes um, and I 
it made me address and think, well, what should I do? As a female sportswoman, um, I am a role model, which I feel so honored to be and to have this platform. But as well, can I also help lift my other female sportswomen up um, by giving them coverage on my platform, by supporting them, um, be it publicly or, or personally, um, privately. It's, uh, it's something that I was like, I need to do that. I, I always wish that I could get to more um, sporting venues and see more sport, but currently where I am in my sport demands all of my time and attention. I have to be selfish in that way. Yeah. But I'm like, whenever I have the chance, whenever I'm retired, I'm going to go watch our ladies soccer team. I'm going to go and watch our ladies rugby team. I always watch Camogie at home, but I'm going to challenge people to get out and watch them too. Like I want my club mates from the male side to say, I want to go and watch the Camogues play because yeah. they should, because we, we support the hurlers. Um, and so whenever Jackie asked me, I will, I did, she didn't have to even have to ask. I was like, you want me to be in a book? Oh goodness. Yeah. I was like, I was so chuffed and a huge honor to even be considered like, one of Ireland's leading sportswomen. Um, so then she rang. I was actually on a camp in Sam Moritz and she rang and she just had a, had a brief interview and just asked me a few questions about growing up in Portaferry and, and my early life in sport and then how I became an athlete in athletics. Um, and then, then that was that. And she, she was like, oh, can you send me on your signature? And I sent that on and, uh, and didn't hear too much else. That was fine until until I became a legal ambassador and until I chatted to, to Jackie and then this arrived in the post. And do you know what? Like, as much as you said, this is um, pitched at young girls, for sure. This young girl at 28 years of age getting to flick through and, uh, and find herself immortalized in, in cartoon form was just simply ecstatic. That is amazing. I know that the imagery as well is done by an incredible Irish artist as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. There's a couple of different Irish artists that have, have drawn all of the different sportswomen in here. And, um, and you know, getting to see that, that was such a huge day for me. I yeah. was so shocked. I showed my teammates here in Team New Balance Manchester. Um, I showed my teammate Anna, who is at home very close to. She actually sent this to a journalist at home. Oh, wow. And said, how can we, and she's from Sweden, how can we make this happen in Sweden? Nice. So, you know, seeing that stuff like this, what Jackie's doing, what 20 by 20 are doing, is really increasing the coverage of female sport in Ireland. But we can also be a leader in female sport across the world. We can inspire other nations to, to show their women out there and, and to show little girls that being strong and, and being out on a pitch or a field or wherever it is, that, that that's good and be yourself whenever you're doing it as well. And, and I want to inspire little girls to get into sport, but I also want to inspire little girls that they can be whatever they want to be. Is it if be it a musician, um, it might be an education, they want to be a scientist. Like giving them these first little glimpses of strong females and role models will really build such a strong future for them. And I feel fortunate growing up that I always had very strong female role models. Maybe they weren't on the TV, but my aunt Adele was such a role model for me. She played Camogie for Portaferry and Down and then transferred and played for Dunloy and Antrim. And she was what I wanted to be growing up. And I saw her training every day. She brought, went down to the hurley pitch over the summer. She did drills. She did, took freeze. Me and my little sister Myra, my big sister Myra, sorry, would puck the ball back to her. Um, there was actually a piece that was uh, a journalist had done where she spoke to my old Camogie coach, my old PE teacher and my very first athletic athletic coach and then um, my old camogie coach some of the things she said like 
just brought me right back to, to really those formative years that made me who I am as, as a person, but also as a sports person. Um, and I realized that I'm so lucky to have had those women show me how strong women can be and, and how powerful we can be and how we can bring each other forward. Um, and if I can be like that and, and Jackie can be like that and she can, she can put it on paper so that, so that little girls and little boys, because I yeah. think it's not, it's not, has, doesn't have to be a gender thing. I think I can be a role model for as many little boys as little girls as well. And that's what I want. I want this to then change from women and, and men and Definitely. let's all be sports people. Um, but this is just inspirational. I mean, it looks incredible. And I love as well, like, you know, you'll have to go out for anybody who's watching and listening to this, you'll have to go out and pick one up. So it's exclusively available in Lidl from August 20th. So it's there now until September 6th and it's only 12 99 And what I love about it as well is that it's phrased in kind of a fairy tale, which is great because I mean, young girls and boys just love a fairy tale as well. So once upon a time, we're not going to give it away. You're going to have to go out and pick it up in order to see the Kira McGeehan fairy tale, which is still absolutely going on at the moment because you're just smashing it we're all so proud of you and thank you so much for talking to us today Kira. we can't wait to see and i'm gonna try the hill sprints and i'll, I'll get back to you I'll yeah, Instagram let me know how it goes and thank you so much for having me on and as well for all of the coverage that you do because i see that too and you're doing your part um for all of us female sports people and we really appreciate it thank you thank so you. much Kira. appreciate it we'll talk to you soon okay yeah all the best thanks There you have it. That was Kira McGeehan there and all the information about where you can get the book as well was in that interview. So such a great idea. Well done, Jackie, and well done, Kira. as always, smashing it. Right, before we wrap up, uh, I want to talk to you about GWG Recommends. So each week, we're going to be bringing you something that we're recommending. Now, it's not always going to be me. Sometimes it's going to be another member of the team. Uh, importantly and crucially, I would love for you guys to get in touch and to let us know if there's anything that you would like us to recommend. So like I said earlier on in the show, if you want to email me directly with the subject line GWG recommends neve.mar at her.ie. And also you can find me on my social media as well, neve underscore mar, that's M-A-H-E-R, but pronounced mar don't come for me. Uh, so this week, kicking it off, I want to talk about Rosemary McCabe's podcast, Not Without My Sister. Uh, it's basically a podcast about sisterly love. And I was drawn to this because, well, first off, I don't have a sister. And when I was growing up, I actually used to call for my best friends and ask if their older sisters would come and hang out with me for a while because I was always incredibly jealous of that sisterly bond. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a brother and I absolutely adore him and a brother-sister bond is also incredible. But I don't know, I feel like when you don't have any sisters, you always crave that relationship and you're always looking at it from the outside and just wondering how it is because I remember watching some of my friends with their sisters and my God, the arguments that they would have sometimes sister arguments would be a whole other level but at the same time then you knew as well that it was a love like no other that sounds so cringy but basically not without my sister is a podcast with Rosemary and her sister Beatrice um, I'm going to read out a, a few of the recommendations and some of the reviews you can get it on Spotify and you can also get it on 
anywhere you get podcasts basically uh, most relatable podcasts I've listened to absolutely love listening to Beatrice and Rosemary the sibling dynamic is so familiar the pair of you are so endearing exactly how I squabble with my own siblings see loads of people can relate laugh out loud stuff thoroughly enjoyed the first two episodes and can't wait for more well done girls another one full of heart and humour I listened to three episodes on a road trip and was very touched at the sibling rivalry and the banter of sisters Beatrice and Rosemary what a gift the COVID brought us by their time together that's so lovely I laughed I may have teared up and the singing was so so beautiful such lovely reviews there so not without my sister as I mentioned it's a podcast by Irish sisters Rosemary and Beatrice McCabe that's exactly like eavesdropping on a hilarious conversation between sisters their topics range from holiday romances to bad housemate experiences we've all had them and even an episode about their Irish mammy who as it turns out is everybody's Irish mammy. It's relatable, it's heartwarming, it's absolutely hilarious, and it's our first ever GWG Recommends. So please do go and check it out. You can find it on Spotify. They're also on Instagram as well, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. And please do let us know how it went. Let us know if you liked it and get in touch with any of your recommendations as well. Like I mentioned, neve.mar at her.ie or neve underscore mar on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening this week. Thank you, of course, to Kira McGeehan, our guest. And thank you to Rosemary for sending on some information about the podcast. I'm so excited and I need you to come home so that we can go for coffee. Thanks so much for listening and we'll chat to you next week.